Jeffrey Lickman for Beyond the Legal Limit. It's May 30th uh, after a Memorial Day weekend, and it's a new podcast. And I, I have to be honest with you, this was a, one that almost didn't happen. I'm, I'm so tired right now recording this. This past weekend has been ugh, brutal. Now, granted, as bad as it's been, it's, it's, it hasn't been as bad as, I suppose, the weekends that the people that we're honoring with Memorial Day had. They're not alive anymore. So I really shouldn't complain. But alas, I'm a complainer, so I'm going to complain. Just to give you an idea of what a, a typical holiday weekend can be for lawyers, Friday morning when I suppose the weekend started where most people are getting ready to go away or on the process or have already gone away. I had to go uh, to federal prison to visit a defendant accused of financing a terror organization. That's how my weekend started. That was interesting. You know, sometimes I visit people, potential clients. uh, They're interesting. I'm curious what they have to say. So that was an interesting one. Then Saturday night around 8 o'clock, I received a phone call from a woman whose husband was arrested for just horrific crimes. He was in jail in New York City and would be be arraigned uh, sometime in the next 24 hours. And when someone is arrested in New York City, before they're released on bail, it requires for the defense lawyer to contact the precinct first where the officers arrested them and then follow them through the system until they finally appear before a judge. And you've got to make sure that you get down there for that initial appearance because otherwise sometimes they just let a legal aid lawyer, a public defender do it. And naturally that's going to be pissing off your client who just hired you and or you're going to have a problem with whatever work the public defender did on perhaps bail. So you don't want that could be a problem because if the the decision between from a judge granting bail and not granting bail is going home and sleeping in your bed or spending time in Rikers Island, which is probably the worst prison in America. Anyway, so for the past 20 years or so, I have not done any kind of weekend initial appearances for courts. I mean, that's what I have people that work for me. They do it. I did a lot of this when I was a young kid, a young lawyer. I can remember going in the middle of the night to get the rapper of the game out of prison um, and other people over the years. And, you know, we kind of forgot how to do it because it's been decades now. But naturally, of course, this woman called to hire me for her husband and the people that work for me, they were all gone. They were all on vacations. They were gone for the weekend. And I was naturally the only putz that was around for the weekend. And I had to decide, was it worth it doing? Or should I just give up and let somebody else take the case? But I was, I suppose, drawn into the case. It was just a very sad case all in all. And regardless, that's how I ended up in front of a judge at 12.30 a.m. early Memorial Day morning. I guess that was early Monday morning to get this new client out. And the case was serious enough that prosecutors wanted detention. They wanted him not to get bail at all. And during the day, Sunday, I spent the entire day convincing the prosecutors with a bail package why they should agree to let him out. I thought I would have won bail anyway, but knowing that I had it decided and settled before appearing in front of a judge who could be any type of lunatic judge who might have been pissed off about the allegations. I figured better to work it out beforehand than taking a chance in front of a judge I didn't know because who else would be working 
on a, a holiday weekend, but some judge, they dug up some lunatic. I couldn't take the chance. Anyway, luckily it worked out for him with a bail package. We finally walked him out of there. I walked him out of there and got to bed around, I don't know, one forty-five or 2 o'clock. What I'll say is this, the only thing that I think that matters from this is that, you know, I'm sitting there in court, night court, and I'm like, no lawyer like me is doing this. There's just no way. There's no, no way. But I realized, don't be that guy who isn't willing to get his hands dirty anymore in your profession once you reach a level of success. People are like, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you doing this? It's, first of all, it's not an insignificant case. I certainly didn't need the case. But I felt like, you know, if I'm doing this for a living, somebody needs help. They're willing to hire me. What am I going to say? I need to, to sleep more time in my bed? It was a brutal weekend, but you should be able to do all the nitty gritty in your business, even the stuff that you don't do anymore, because there was a time that you did do it and you did it well, and you still should be able to do it when you're older and more successful. And I understand you delegate, but not all the time can you delegate, at least in my business. So that's what I did. It was a brutal weekend. I think I've counted up on my uh, aura ring, aura ring, whatever the hell it's called. I've slept about 11 and a half hours the last three nights. So I'm tired doing this podcast. So if I say something inappropriate, don't get upset. As I said, it could always be worse. I could be dead or I could have been killed in action the way many people that we celebrate on Memorial Day were. Regardless, don't rest on your laurels because eventually someone's going to knock your ass down. Now, this podcast, it's going to be one topic and I swear, after this week, I'm going to do all I can to avoid talking about Donald Trump. I'm sick of it. You're sick of it. But he's in the news because Ron DeSantis finally announced his candidacy for president this week. And naturally, the announcement on Twitter spaces with Elon Musk was an unmitigated disaster with technical issues, which grounded it for like a half an hour. I don't think it ever came back on Elon Musk's uh, Twitter space. Not that I really even understand what Twitter spaces are. But when DeSantis finally got to speak, he sounded like a policy wonk to me. Very little charisma, but many complex, well-thought-out ideas for how he's going to fix the country if given the chance. I turned it off as I was frustrated by the glitches, the technical glitches. And also, DeSantis bored me. He's got a little thin voice a bit, and it's a little whiny, a little high, but I just didn't feel like hearing it. I know these issues. I know where he stands on them. I don't need to hear it anymore. And also, I'm not an idiot, so I recognize that these minor criticisms of his voice are a me problem, not, not a DeSantis problem. As the country is in such utter freefall, I'm hardly in a position to care about trivial cosmetic issues like that. And I recognize that we need to focus on the meat of the matter, whether DeSantis can rescue America. In a CNN poll that came out on Thursday, an overwhelming 66% of Americans believe that a Joe Biden victory in 2024 would spell either disaster or a setback for the country. And it's not hard to understand why the great majority of the people, including a significant amount of Democrats, feel that way. Our country is overrun with illegal immigrants due to the Democrats' clear desire to keep the southern border open. They want to take 10 million of them in during the eight years that Biden uh, may end up in the White House. In New York City, we have half of our hotel rooms are filled with illegals. 
The other day in Staten Island, a 21-year-old illegal woman was arrested after she was found in the lobby of a hospital covered in blood with a newborn baby boy she had just delivered. She left behind in a bathroom trash can. All right? We're only getting the best, remember, from our southern border? Jesus, crime is up in every large city due to the fact that illegals are crawling all over every one of them. Except there's just too many, and now they're being sent to the suburbs, the white suburbs, which I find to be delicious. I think it's wonderful. You leftists, you live in the suburbs, enjoy your illegals, enjoy all the crime that's going to be coming with them. All the idiot housewives that wear their cowboy hats and dance in the kitchens will keep an eye out for the predators in your towns, in your yards. You want to be liberal in virtue signal? Enjoy the fruits of your love. Enjoy it all. A once prosperous country uh, has been riddled with ridiculous inflation, high interest rates. People can't afford to buy houses because they can't pay the high mortgages anymore. And that, of course, is affecting the housing market. Gas is still ridiculously high. And while Americans are struggling financially, Biden has written a blank check to the Ukraine. We're at about $100 billion right now into this with no end in sight of this war. Crazy. And, and speaking of foreign policy, Biden has been a disaster. His insistence in trying to isolate our ally, Saudi Arabia, due to leftist concerns about their human rights record. Naturally, leftists are only concerned about the human rights records of our allies, of our enemies they love. Iran, they love Venezuela, they love the Palestinians, fucking killer maniacs, they love their human rights records. It naturally caused the Saudis to run back into the arms of their mortal enemy, Iran. Our mortal enemy, Iran. Because what choice do they have? The Saudis said to America, if you're going to try to hurt us, we're just going to move away from you. And that's what they did. It's utter madness. It's something that never should have happened, but of course uh, we we let it happen, and that's our fault. It's only served to inflame and unsettle the Middle East because Iran has become more emboldened and more confrontational with Israel and America uh, due to Biden's weakness, and the Iranians have even said as much. Eventually, there's going to be a much larger war in the Middle East beyond Israel having to defend itself from uh, Iran's cockroach terror proxies. And you can directly blame that on Joe Biden and his pathetic leftist policies there. By any sane review, the foreign policy of Donald Trump was clearly better than Biden's. Biden's foreign policy has seen the, the, the butcher from Syria, Assad, also a strong ally of Iran. He's been welcomed back into the Arab League, which is a team of Arab nations which kicked Syria out and Assad, their butcher, out in 2011 when he started slaughtering his own people and flooding Europe with his refugees. Again, under Biden, you've got Syria is now aligned with other Arab nations, including our allies. And it's a bad look because Americans are getting killed there. They're getting attacked in Syria. And we cause Syria to be embraced by other Arab nations, as I said, including our allies. Mainly, our allies there can't trust Joe Biden. And this has nothing to do with his disastrous pullout in Afghanistan, in which he conceded the country to a terror group, the Taliban. And he didn't even tell our allies that he was going to be doing it. Well, quickly, and I'm going to pivot off of this, 
back to Israel and the influence of Trump and Biden. This is interesting. The wars that Israel has fought with terrorists in Gaza. I'm just going to go back 15 years. 2008, 2012, 2014, 2021, 2022. And if you can call the recent skirmish with the Iranian-backed Islamic Jihad terror group in Gaza, if you call that a war, then you'll notice that the only four-year period during the past 15 years in which there was quiet in Israel from their southern neighbors, the cockroach Palestinian terrorists in Gaza, that was when Trump was in the White House. All right? Iran and its terror proxy saw a way more aggressive American position towards them, and they knew that if they got out of hand, there was a very high probability that Israel, with American backing, Trump's backing, would obliterate them as long as Trump was in office. So they bided their time, and they waited for Trump to be voted out. And of course, as soon as he was, the terror began again. Americans, as I said, are being attacked regularly in Syria by Iran and its proxies. All of this has to do with the feckless liberal policies which started with Obama and have continued under Biden. Under Democrats, as I said, we hate our Middle Eastern allies and we love the terrorists. Under Republican president, it's the opposite. And I'll say to you, what do you think is better? Scared Muslim terrorists or emboldened Muslim terrorists? This is not a hard question. But again, I digress. I'm not here to today uh, today to defend or even really criticize Trump's foreign and domestic policies. Frankly, I've never stated that I didn't think that Trump had some good policies. Many of them were great, I thought. But my problem with Trump, and I've said this ad nauseum, is that he failed to do a lot of things. He wasted a lot of time due to his own stupidity, his ignorance. He lacked any kind of discipline or maturity. I mean, I don't think it's and anybody can really uh, dispute that. He wasted four years in office. Remember he told us he was going to build that wall on our southern border and Mexico was going to pay for it? Well, guess what? No wall. Mexico didn't pay for anything. Just an idiotic lie. He couldn't even get funding for the wall when Republicans controlled both the Congress and Senate for two years at the beginning of his one term. That was the first time, I think, since 2005, somebody can check that, that the Republicans controlled the Congress, Senate, and the White House. And Trump just didn't do enough with it. He had four years to counter the Democrats' ballot harvesting, the mail-in fraud. Nothing was done. Nothing was done about the woke college uh, indoctrinations. Remember all that? We were told about that, that he was going to come into the colleges and fix the colleges and get rid of woke. He didn't do shit. Just the last week or so, the City University of New York, their law school, now granted it's an imbecilic low-rated law school, you, you know, nobody, no real firm hires anybody from this law school because the, the students are too fucking dumb. But in her speech, uh, a, a Muslima, a terror supporter, naturally that was picked by the students to speak at the commencement, a terror supporter. She blasted the NYPD and the U.S. military, called them fascists, and called on her, on her peers to continue revolution against capitalism and racism across the country. Capitalism is bad now. Who, who knew? Well, it is apparently, according to Democrats. She claimed that black and brown prisoners are murdered daily in the U.S. jails. And she also turned on her own university for cooperating with global violence, 
while she thanked the City University of New York for being one of the only universities who made a statement allowing students to organize protests against Israeli settler colonialism. It's not true. Every leftist university allows these scumbags to uh, protest against Israel. She also claimed that Israel indiscriminately rains bullets and bombs on Palestinians. I wish, I wish the world would be a better place. They don't. Instead, it's pinpoint strikes. They have a war for, for weeks in which they kill every Islamic jihad leader and they kill three civilians that happen to be used as human shields by these terrorists. I wish, but it's a damnable lie. It's a blood libel. She also claimed that her school, of course, she has to blame uh, the City University of New York, Cooney. She claims they continue to cooperate with fascist NYPD, the military that continues to train Israeli soldiers to carry out that same violence globally. Yes, Israel's just going all over the globe killing people. No, they're stuck in their little country defending every border from cockroach Muslim terrorists, from vermin, from vermin. Now, this is what she said. Let us remember that daily brown and black men are being murdered by the state at Rikers, that there are refugees at the southern border who are still locked up. This is going on in our, in our universities that the murder of black men like Jordan Neely by a white man on the MTA is dignified by politicians like Eric Adams and Senator Chuck Schumer. They're not liberal enough for you, all right? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure Jordan Neely was just killed indiscriminately by a white man. Maybe stop attacking people of color on the subway and you won't be killed. But, of course, leftists can't take any responsibility. Quote, May the joy, excitement, and rage in the auditorium be the fuel for the fight against capitalism, racism, imperialism, and Zionism around the, around the globe. That's, uh, that's what uh, Donald Trump did not get rid of during his four years in college. It started with Obama and this disease, this festering, filthy Islamic disease that we allowed into our country and we allowed to be at the forefront brainwashing other students. That was not removed. You have a disease, you cut it out. You have a cockroach problem, you spray poison and you get rid of it. Period. End the story. Trump had four years to, to counter this. He, and also the, the ballot harvesting, the mail-in fraud. My God, there was so much he didn't do. The terror regime in Iran, Trump didn't want to have another war. He wanted to be the president that didn't have another war. Well, guess what? Iran got out of control. We, we broke off the nukes agreement with them, but we let them get out of control. That's on Trump. And he also let the leftists burn down big cities after George Floyd was killed. He didn't do shit about it. And remember when he told us that COVID wasn't a big deal? Well, here's a quick chronology. Tell me if you can remember some of these nauseating comments. January 24th, 2020. I don't know, we're like a month and a half before the entire country got shut down. He praised China's handling of the virus. Quote, China has been working very hard to contain the coronavirus. The United States greatly appreciates their efforts and transparency. What? It will all work out well. In particular, on behalf of the American people, I want to thank President Xi. Guess what? They, they released 
this 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 vaccine excuse me this this poison uh, this pox this plague on the world and on america and killed over a million americans and a month and a half before the country shut down trump is thanking them february 2nd 2020 we pretty much shut it down coming in from china lie february 10th 2020 we're a month before shutdown looks like by april you know the theory when it gets a little warmer it miraculously goes away what fucking theory is that is that a theory that like you can only find in insane asylums like scrolled on the wall in uh, in crayon and feces what kind of theory it gets a little warmer and the black plague disappears no 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 that's not a theory it's not a theory that's a lie February 24th, 2020, less than three weeks before Trump shut down the country. The coronavirus is very much under control in the USA. The stock market is starting to look very good to me. Of course, then it like dropped 30% in the next couple of weeks. Just a lie because he was so terrified of not getting reelected, he was willing to lie and convince people that it was a good time uh, to keep investing in the market right before it dropped a third. February 26, two days later. The 15 cases of the virus within a couple of days is going to be close to zero. Yeah, yeah, close to zero. You shut the country down two weeks later. We're going very substantially down, not up. Well, we're testing everybody that we needed to test, and we're finding very little problem, very little problem. Lie, 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 lie. Can you ever tell the fucking truth? March 9th, 2020, it was a Monday. We shut down on Friday. During a news conference, White House officials said the U.S. will have tested 1 million people that week and thereafter would complete 4 million tests per week. By the end of that week, the CDC had completed 4,000 tests, not 1 million. March 13th, the day he shut it down, I don't take any responsibility at all. That's what he said. March 14th, the next day, when asked to rate his response to the coronavirus, I'd rate it a 10, he said. How can you support this guy? Instead, he handed the country over to Anthony Fauci. He elevated Fauci. He praised Fauci. He gave him a presidential commendation nine months later in January of 2021. He pushed the vaccine, even though we quickly learned that the vaccine was a lie. We were told that if you got vaccinated, you'd never get COVID again. He was a liberal. He pushed it, just like the leftists did. The vaccine didn't end COVID. He lied. He had no idea what he was talking about. So when in doubt, he lies. When the country was shut down, he started handing out that PPP money like a drunken sailor in an effort to keep the economy afloat, despite the fact that no one was leaving their homes to spend. He handed out $800 billion, about 10% of it. 76 billion was stolen. I know because I represent half of them. Anyone ask Trump why he completely screwed up COVID in every possible way? Anybody? Any of the MAGA idiots complaining about the 100 billion that we give to the Ukraine? Did any of them hold Trump accountable for the 76 billion he pissed away to fraudsters during the, the, the hastily and ill-conceived PPP program? Come on. Anyway, Ron DeSantis, he declared his candidacy for president the other day. And instead of Trump fighting, fighting Joe Biden, the Democrats, he's attacking DeSantis and he has for months over and over. 
This is the same Trump who told his followers to support that rhino extraordinaire, Kevin McCarthy, for Speaker of the House. McCarthy just caved in in negotiations to continue funding the country due to the debt ceiling being reached. We had them by the balls. The country was about to default. This guy gives him everything, gives Joe Biden everything. A few days after an IRS whistleblower confirmed that the IRS protected Joe and Hunter Biden, McCarthy negotiated a deal with Biden to preserve $70 billion of the $80 billion in new funding to the IRS. Trump, who is wildly abusing Ron DeSantis, is the same Trump who endorsed Kevin McCarthy, Dr. Oz, and he caused John Fetterman to become a U.S. senator. Any way you slice it, Trump is swamp. He is the epitome of D.C. swamp. It's the truth. I mean, look at the people that he supports. Look at the people that he pushed. Swamp. All of it. Here's what Trump had to say on his truth social platform. No one reads it except when he speaks. When DeSantis announced his candidacy on Twitter, quote, Rob, my red button is bigger, better, stronger, and is working. Truth in all capitals. And red button is capitalized. Yours does not. Per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to become my friend. What does that even mean? You need the Rosetta Stone to figure it out. You know how they figured out what the hieroglyphics inside uh, the, the, the Egyptian pyramids meant? That's what you need to understand the gibberish that comes from Trump because he is incoherent. Rob, his name is Ron. My red button is bigger, better, stronger, and is working. Truth, yours does not. Per my conversation with Kim Jong-un of North Korea, soon to become my friend. What the fuck does this even mean? It's gibberish. But I think what he's saying, if you can dumb your brain down 50 points, he's excited about being friends with the dictator of North Korea. That, that's what he's excited about. And then he, they took, his campaign took that gibberish tweet or post or whatever you call and they put it into an email to their supporters asking for money. It didn't even make any sense. DeSantis spent an hour when he announced his candidacy talking about detailed and substantive policy issues to fix the country. From Trump, you get gibberish and idiocy. He doesn't even know the guy's name. But what the Republican Party seems to want is a landslide against them. If you want substance on how to fix the country, vote DeSantis. Idiocy and gibberish from a, a fat bag of orange shit golfing 29 months, 29 days a month, you get Trump. Does Trump actually think that Republican voters want him to be friends with Kim Jong-un? Oy. Anyway, on Sunday it got even better. The Islamic uh, dictator of, of Turkey, Erdogan, won his re-election. And this guy's a terrorist. He turned uh, a secular country into a terror state. And uh, Trump calls him his, his great friend and congratulated him. You know who also congratulated him? Joe Biden, Hamas, every terror leader. This is who Trump, he's nice to the terrorists and he's tough on Ron DeSantis. That makes a lot of sense. And this is what really infuriates me along with everything else. He never takes any responsibility for his idiocy, but then he claims that others did what he refuses to admit that he did such as claiming that DeSantis, as governor of Florida, botched his Florida COVID response. For all the zillions of people in America who flocked to Florida during COVID to live there permanently, it's the, it's the state in the country that received the most people 
that people migrated to. You uprooted your lives to move to Florida because DeSantis was one of the few governors who actually handled COVID correctly. Instead, Trump lies because that's all he does and claimed that Andrew Cuomo did a better job with COVID than DeSantis. Think how utterly sick that is. He's not even lying about somebody in the Democratic Party. He's lying about the star, the young star of the Republican Party. Cuomo killed all of those senior citizens by sending COVID patients back into nursing homes to be around the vulnerable elderly people, killing so many of them. And then Cuomo lied about it and covered it up. And he was found to have lied and covered up these deaths. But Trump has the gall to claim that DeSantis was worse. How can you support a man who is so craven, so disgusting, and so dishonest, and such an easy liar? Trump and his own idiot family moved to Florida during COVID. And yet he's claiming that COVID was handled disastrously by Ron DeSantis. I mean, I don't know what to say. Here's another one. And I'm sick of talking about this. This is the last week. This is it. Enjoy it now. Last week or so, Trump ripped DeSantis for going after Disney about their woke policies. This is what he wrote on the ironically named Truth Social platform that, of course, no one reads. Disney's next move will be the announcement that no more money will be invested in Florida because of the governor. In fact, they could even announce a slow withdrawal or sale of certain properties or the whole thing. Watch. That could be a killer. That's what he posted. First of all, Disney never once mentioned that they're going to uproot Disney World and leave Florida. They've got too big of an investment there. It's ludicrous. Where are they going to go? It's just a fabricated lie. And yes, DeSantis is going after Disney with their ridiculous woke policies and the fact that they get all sorts of tax breaks from the state, and then they use that money to further their leftist political agenda. I can't blame them for feeling that it's wrong. I mean, He's a real conservative, and you can understand why a real conservative would be pissed about this. Trump doesn't care because he has no ideology at all. All he cares about is himself. But Trump put his finger to the wind, and he learned that Republicans are not really thrilled with DeSantis and this crazy obsession with Disney because they feel that it's a waste of time and energy. So Trump, who's an opportunistic moron, started to now then rip DeSantis for the feud. He was ripping him until he did a 180 on Sunday and said this on his Truth Social platform. Disney has become a woke and disgusting, he capitalized woke and disgusting, I don't know why, shadow of its former self, with people actually hating it, must go back to what it once was or the market will do irreparable damage, he wrote on Truth Social. This all happened during the governorship of Rob the Sanctimonious. Instead of complaining now for public Publicity reasons only, he should have stopped it long ago. Would have been easy to do. Still is. So now Trump hates Disney. Last week he loved Disney. He sided with Disney against the Sanus. Now he's blaming the Sanus for Disney being woke. Woke doesn't explain why. And naturally, Trump said it's so easy to fix, but he doesn't say how because he doesn't know how. He just doesn't have a clue. It's just another scummy lie. Watching him insult DeSantis, and you see DeSantis isn't taking the bait. Occasionally slaps him back because it's so easy to actually slap the, uh, Trump back because he's so dumb. Watching him insult DeSantis is like watching a punch-drunk boxer who's swinging wildly and missing in the ring. He's swinging after shadows that he sees, thinking that it's a person. Is this what the Republican Party wants? Apparently so. 
instead of attacking Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom from California, Gavin Newsom is practically a communist. Trump worships Gavin Newsom. Why? Because Gavin Newsom said nice things about him, he said. You could be fucking Hitler, and if you say that Trump has a nice tie, he loves Hitler. He's that dumb. Instead of attacking Joe Biden or Gavin Newsom, Trump, Trump attacks an American hero in Ron DeSantis, which is just appalling. He claims he's so far ahead of DeSantis uh, in the polls, but why is he attacking DeSantis and not Joe Biden if, if he's unconcerned about DeSantis? Republicans who are listening to this right now, do you really want this? I mean, really, I mean, I'm going to say this respectfully, and I, I want to be respectful. Okay, to the Trump supporters that are listening to this, I want to be respectful. How fucking dumb are you? Look in the mirror. How fucking dumb are you? Not only did Trump botch the COVID response and hand the country over to Fauci, but he let uh, Antifa burn major cities during the pandemic in the summer of 2020 after George Floyd was killed. He did nothing to stop it. Nothing. And yet he lies and says that DeSantis is the one who handled COVID badly even though like half the country flocked to Florida. DeSantis handled the COVID situation so well in Florida that in 2018, before COVID hit, he won the governor's race by like one-tenth of 1%. In 2022, four years later, he was rewarded with his great COVID response by winning the election by 20%. But according to Trump, he botched it. And just over the weekend, and this is, this is the part that really makes me nuts, the other stuff not as much, Trump's spokesperson mocked DeSantis for his military service by comparing DeSantis to Pete Buttigieg and his military service. Well, DeSantis really served and fought hard in court for those in the military accused of misconduct. He was a legal advisor to the Navy SEALs. Those are the bravest of the brave amongst us. These are people that are ap absolutely giving their lives for America without even a second's thought. And Ron DeSantis protected them. He was stationed in Guantanamo Bay in 2006, deployed to Iraq in 2007. Trump was banging porno stars without a condom. And this guy's in Guantanamo Bay. DeSantis received 10 awards and commendations for his service. And he went straight from serving in the military to politics. Trump didn't go into the military. He was lying to avoid having to serve. First, he got four deferments due to being in college to avoid the Vietnam War. Then he got a phony letter from a foot doctor who was renting office space from Trump's father, Fred. And he gave a diagnosis of bone spurs so Trump could get a medical exemption and again, avoid the draft. He did all that he could to avoid serving our great nation. This is what MAGA supports? You're the great patriots. I'm a patriot. You're a patriot. No, I'm a bigger patriot. No, you're a bigger patriot. This is what you're supporting over Ron DeSantis? A draft-dodging coward who doesn't have the common sense to wear a condom with a porn star? This is what MAGA wants? Instead of a graduate of Harvard and Yale, a guy who put himself through these schools, who got in on merit instead of a check from Fred Trump, and then he sacrificed to serve his country not with any desire to make money with it years later. And Trump has the balls to criticize a real soldier, a man who served this country honorably, and he did it during Memorial Day weekend. As I said, Trump spoke, Trump's, Trump's spokesperson compared DeSantis' military service to that of Pete Buttigieg. Now, look, 
Buttgug, <laughs> I can't stand the guy. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I think I am. Buttgug, he was pushing papers in the military. I get it. He's pathetic. But you know what? He may be a pansy. He is a pansy, but at least he served. Trump, he criticized John McCain for getting captured in Vietnam. McCain spent five years as a prisoner of war, was beaten, was tortured, was forced to give a false confession. But after a year in cat captivity, without, after all the injuries that he had, after all the torture, he was offered his freedom and he turned it down. He refused to go home until every last prisoner of war went home first. And I don't like McCain. Never did. But man, I respected his service to the country. But can you believe this shit Trump said about McCain that he was a war hero because he was captured? I like people who weren't captured. He likes winners, Donald Trump. Well, I like people who don't lie to avoid serving their country. I like people who don't lose election after election and every trial they've ever had. I like people who aren't so dumb that they hire Omarosa, that evil lunatic from The Apprentice, to be in their administration, who then she then secretly taped Trump in the White House and stabbed them in the back, calling him a racist, exactly what her role was in The Apprentice, a backstabbing scumbag liar. So what does Trump do? He hired her for his administration. Somehow he didn't see that one coming. I don't know how. I like winners, not idiotic losers. Here is what Trump's schedule was in May. I, I got to only read some of it. I can't read all of it because I will have a stroke and die during this podcast. I can feel the, the, the vein in my forehead, my temple. May 1, golf in Scotland. May 2, golf in Scotland. May 3, he golfed. May 4, 5, 6, and 7, golf, 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 golf. May 8th, he avoided his civil rape trial and golfed instead. May 9th, he avoided his civil rape trial and golfed instead. May 10th, he did that CNN town hall. Probably missed golf that day. That's a bad day. May 11th, golfed. May 12th, golfed. May 13th, he canceled the campaign rally in Iowa because there was nobody there, and he lied about it, saying there were some windy conditions there. You can't go to a place because there's some wind? That's a lie. May 14, 15, 16, 17, golf, 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 golf. Do I need to go on? In his four years in office, he golfed a near full year of it, and that's from his release schedule, so we know what he was doing. And you wonder why nothing got done? Do you golf every day like this? Yet you support a man who does? I mean, look, if you want to be a golfer and golf every day, listen, God bless you, man. God bless you. There are some people out there, they just golf every day, man. God bless you. But you know what? They're not the most powerful men in the free world. They're just some schlubs who want to golf every single day. They don't want any more in their lives. Neither does Trump, but he wants to be president too and ruin it for the rest of us. You support a man who does this? Do you have any shame at all? And when he's not golfing or lying, he's using the office to enrich himself. Remember those idiotic NFT trading cards that he sold? He, he made two sets because one wasn't enough. He dressed himself up like a superhero instead of, a like a, as I said, a, I hate to say this, but it's what he is. It's a very accurate description. A, a dumb bag of orange shit. He made over $6.4 million from these NFTs. He didn't do it for the veterans. He didn't do it for the January 6th defense funds. Not for himself. He didn't even do it for his own campaign. The campaign that's paying for his ads and all of that, that's from you, dummies. The $6.4 he put it into his pocket. Into his pocket. 
just off his idiot supporters. And the value of the NFTs immediately plunged on the secondary market, so he just stole money from you because you're too dumb to give it to him. He's selling pictures of himself dressed up like a superhero for 100 bucks, ripping off his, his supporters who were dumb enough to continue supporting him while the country is drowning. He had big news to announce. Big news, if you remember, right before uh, he released these NFTs, and everybody thought maybe he would have a plan to save America. No, the big news that he had to unveil? No, it was about his NFT trading cards, just a way for him to grift some more off of you. And he keeps telling us that all the people who worked for him, uh, all of them who in a steady stream since 2016, have either quit or been fired. They've all come out against him as either, according to him, they're idiots, they're morons, they're backbenchers, they're liars, they're sleazy losers. But he hired them all. He trusted all of them. Do you actually think that a man in his late 70s who has lived an entire life can be trusted with this great country when he's too dumb or unaware to hire people that are actually good at their jobs? I mean, how about hiring somebody good? Well, you know, Trump, he didn't know. He came into the White House, he didn't know, and he learned. He didn't learn. And you don't learn on the job as president. You have to be prepared for the job. He couldn't even hire people that were loyal to him. Maybe it's him. And not the 75 former hires of his who now hate his guts and think that it's him that's the, the moron and the liar. Here's a list of some of his genius hires. I, there's so many of them. I don't have enough time on this podcast to go through all of them. He has such a great aptitude for understanding people, according to what he tells us. Steve Bannon, he was the senior White House advisor for a few months and famously was fired and called Sloppy Steve by Trump. Bannon now is dealing with multiple criminal cases for stealing money that was being raised to build the wall on the southern border that never happened. He's on his third set of lawyers and failed to pay the first two sets. Gina Haspel, the CIA chief, you know, she's gone. Chris Ray, you know, actively was trying to undermine Trump and get him indicted. Trump hired him, and you know, that's the kind of stuff that Trump does. Jeff Sessions, his attorney general. Bill Barr, Rod Rosenstein, these are people that hate Trump, had no respect for him. Alex Acosta was the Secretary of Labor. He had to resign after he was famously outed for helping to cover up for Jeffrey Epstein in Florida. Rex Tillerson, brilliant hire. Um, he was a business executive with ExxonMobil, had zero foreign policy experience. Well, he, of course, would be the Secretary of State, never had a government job. He was in the oil industry. Disaster. How about the General Mad Dog Mattis worked against Trump on everything, hated his guts. General Mark Milley worked against Trump on everything. These are bad people, but Trump was always the last to know. H.R. Puffin Stuff, McMaster, National Security Advisor, total failure, hated Trump. Trump liked him because he had shiny medals. Look at the shiny, 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 shiny object. John Bolton, National Security Advisor for like a week, total failure, quickly hated Trump, wrote a book about him. Dina Powell was Deputy of National Security. She was, an, excuse me, Deputy National Security Advisor for one year. She is an Egyptian-American and she quit the Trump White House two days after Trump announced that we were moving our embassy in Israel to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv. Smart hire. You know, you want to hire somebody to handle the uh, Israeli-Palestinian problem by hiring an Egyptian who hates Israel. Just genius. John Kelly, Kirsten Nielsen, Homeland Security Secretary, she uh, actually supported amnesty for illegals, as did the great rhino Donald Trump. 
Wilbur Ross, remember him? He's 110 years old, half dead. Department of Commerce, he fell asleep in most meetings. How about Anthony Scaramucci, the mooch? White House communications director for 11 days, a complete imbecile. The mooch then came out as a Trump hater right after. Rosa, as I said, she was the director of communications for Trump. She turned on Trump and taped him, accused him of being racist. Ben Carson, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, did nothing but be black in the administration. Mark Esper, Secretary of Defense for one year. Uh, He hired Elaine Chow. Mitch McConnell, the great rhino, that's his wife. She was Secretary of Transportation. For some reason, Trump loves rhinos. Betsy DeVos, Secretary of Education. She did nothing for four years on critical race theory in the schools. She's rich, so Trump liked her. Gary Cohn, he hired, was a Democrat for national economic director, complete failure, pushed for globalism and climate taxes. Rona Romney McDaniel, the head of the Republican National Committee, who has overseen Republican losses in 2018, 2020, 2022. It was seemingly impossible for us to screw up the 2022 midterms. Rona McDaniel, she was on top of that. She was responsible for that failure. She did nothing about ballot harvesting or matching what the Democrats do to get the vote out, but she spends a lot of money on flowers and Botox, which is what Trump likes. Trump loves her and pushed her to get the job again, and now she has it. Uh, This Alyssa Farah, she's White House Director of Strategic Communications. Now she's on The View, trashing Trump every single day. He calls her a sleazebag and a moron. She calls him a moron. Guess who's probably more accurate? And of course, let's not forget Michael Cohn, Trump's personal lawyer and fixer, too dumb for a real law job. He's the main witness against Trump in his upcoming criminal trial. Obviously, he hates Trump, too. And, and, you know, I didn't, there's so many more I I didn't... uh, Add, but if, if you're not sure about Trump's common sense and judgment, recall that he had dinner with an actual Nazi. Dinner with an actual Nazi. You complain about Barack Obama hanging out with Jeremiah Wright? Well, don't complain if you support Trump because he has dinners with Nazis. But he reads nothing and knows nothing, so he had no idea who Nick Fuentes even was. Somehow I did. Millions of other Americans did. Somehow Trump's crack staff didn't know who Nick Fuentes was either. Did Trump not know who Kanye West was? Another Jew hater who the world knows that he hates Jews. Yet Trump still had a private dinner with him. No one stopped him. He doesn't have the brains to know the very simple fact of life. Kill Nazis. That's good. Dinner with Nazis. Bad. Trump also tried to hire that crazy Laura Loomer to work on his campaign. As soon as the media got wind of it and started asking questions, he realized it was a mistake and claimed he wasn't hiring crazy Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer is friends with Nick Fuentes. Laura Loomer is an unhinged mental patient. She was kicked off Facebook and Twitter for being a crazed hater of Muslims. Loomer is Jewish. So she hates Muslims Yet she loves an actual Nazi in Nick Fuentes, who denies the Holocaust, who claims six million Jews weren't killed in the Holocaust. That's who's your friend. Here is Laura Loomer doing an interview with the insane Alex Jones. You remember him? He's the scumbag who was successfully sued for a trillion dollars for lying about the Sandy Hook Elementary School massacre. He said that the dead children were a fake, that it never happened. 
This is who Laura Loomer hangs out with. Here she is doing an interview with Alex Jones. You tell me if this is normal, if you want this disgusting bag of shit advising your president. Listen up. Well, they're just trying to kill us. You want to know what they're trying to do. They want us dead. And I hate to make it all about myself, but I have been defamed, okay? My life has been destroyed. My life has been ruined, Alex, by people who have defamed me online. I am 25 years old, and it will probably be like this for the rest of my life. But what are they doing? I want to know what people are actually going to do. My life is ruined. Does anybody understand how ruined my life is? I'm sick of it. I don't want to listen to people tell me that I'm a conspiracy theorist. They don't know what it's like to be me. My life is ruined, Alex. This is who Trump trusts. A crazy mental patient Jew who hangs out with Nazis and loses her mind publicly. Loomer also criticizes DeSantis for his wife having cancer. Claims that DeSantis will exploit her cancer, which of course he hasn't. It's just one low-level, bottom-feeding societal reject after another another that supports Trump. And I'm not even mentioning Rudy Giuliani. Or that Kraken lawyer, Sidney Powell, two base idiots who are being sued for billions about their lies about the 2020 elections. Rudy's in the process of being disbarred, and Powell seems to have disappeared. These were his advisors. He trusted them both, along with that crackhead grifter, that my pillow guy, Mike Lindell. Now, do I think that fraud occurred during the 2020 election? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course I do. But I also don't make up lies that can't be defended in court like these losers did about the voting machines. Do I think there's fraud? Yeah. But I don't know that it happened with the voting machines. Well, they apparently did, and they said it, even though they knew that it was a lie. That's why Fox settled for $787 billion, because they were lying about it as well. Why can't Rudy or the Kraken lawyer put on a defense of these cases? Because there is no defense. There was fraud, but that wasn't it, apparently. Trump and his lackeys attacked DeSantis. Their their attacks have been nothing short of of shocking. Somehow Ron DeSantis, the guy who goes nuts on every woke leftist in Florida, he's the rhino. Trump claims DeSantis is a fool for passing the six-week ban on abortion in Florida and that Republicans should back off the abortion issue. I agree with Trump on that. But does that sound like a conservative to you? Not only does Trump criticize DeSantis for being too pro-life, But then as a typical Trump scummy move, he brags about ending Roe v. Wade, which which ended a federal pro, uh, excuse me, uh, granting of abortion as if he was the one who did it. He's proud of ending Roe v. Wade. But out of the other side of his mouth, he blasts DeSantis for actually being pro-life for real. This is Trump. No ideology. He has no sense of right and wrong. It's all about winning for himself no matter how much it costs the rest of us. And some of the lies have gotten into the hands, excuse me, into the heads of otherwise intelligent people who now believe that DeSantis is part of the Republican swamp. Like Trump's claim that DeSantis is being advised by Karl Rove and Paul Ryan. It's an absolute lie. It's just fabrications. DeSantis has seen Rove and Ryan one time each since he became governor in 2018. But Trump can't rely on the truth in uh, attacking DeSantis, so he lies about a star of the Republican Party, maybe the only star. 
Why do people still support such a loser who clearly has shown in every poll and every election since 2016 that he has no chance of beating Biden in 24? And I'm not even talking about the popular vote. Look at the states. You got to look at the electoral map. He's got no chance. None. No independent is voting for him. There's less people that are going to vote for him now uh, than they did in 2016. You saw that in 2020 and in the midterms. People think uh, he's just too toxic. Only his base is going to vote for him. He's cowardly. He's toxic. He's dumb. He's unfit. And yet, of course, Biden is also a clown and a criminal. But is that what we aspire to be, is be like a little bit better than Joe Biden? And as I said, Trump is going to be on trial this year for fraud uh, when he should be running for office. The fraud trial in New York, he overvalued his properties in order to get better loan terms from banks. That's a fraud. You know, it's a fraud. Uh, when he gets done with that trial, he's got his criminal case in New York City when he should be running for president and he's going to have to be there. Now, I think the case is a joke, but did you notice that? Now, remember that case, the New York uh, state criminal case. That was the one where he was falsifying business records in an effort to commit another crime, which was a federal election law disclosures. But you notice that no one ever disputes that he committed at least the misdemeanors of falsifying business records in that case regarding to the hush payments to Stormy Daniels, which he was disguising as legal fees. What makes the case a joke, as I said, is turning of these misdemeanors into felonies by claiming that he falsified the business records that commit the crime of uh, federal campaign finance laws. Yet he was unfairly, you know, yes, he was unfairly targeted by Alvin Bragg in that case, but he did do the misdemeanors. He was unfairly targeted by the intelligence community, the FBI, Obama, Hillary Clinton, the CIA, no doubt. No doubt. And as I said, he was ridiculously indicted in New York City, but he's also going to be indicted in Georgia for trying to get people to lie in order to stop the certification of that state's 2020 vote and the clear obstruction of justice he did with regard to refusing to give back classified documents after he left office. Now, before you tell me that, it, that these are unfair charges, in the Georgia case, Excuse me, in the document case, his own lawyer testified against him for over three hours in a grand jury. A federal judge ruled that this lawyer, Evan Corker, and his claim of attorney-client privilege over certain topics was invalid and made the lawyer answer questions about his aspects of his work with Trump and turn over evidence to investigators because the judge claimed that you can't have a privileged communication when you're committing a crime with that person. So what does that tell you? The lawyer, according to a judge, committed a crime with Trump, which means there's no privilege attached to those answers about any attorney-client matter, as I said, because they involved the commission of a crime. And you keep saying that Trump is being unfairly treated, unfairly charged. I get it. But what other guy who is running for president or who is president keeps putting himself into situations to allow their enemy to charge him? Did he have to falsify business records regarding the Stormy Daniels hush payment? No one who actually votes for Trump actually cares that he had sex with the porn store. MAGA doesn't care. Did he have to overvalue his properties by multiples in order to save a few bucks with banks? It's okay if a regular guy does it because it's minor stuff. But if you're running for president, no, it's not good. Plus, why does he keep doing things that he's being told by his lawyers is wrong? And I'll tell you why. It's just one simple answer. It's because he's an idiot.
And if you look at the great majority of the lawyers that he's hired, because very few competent lawyers want the job, they're mostly like bottom feeder lawyers. Most of them are really bad. These are not top lawyers. They're just not. But that doesn't uh, provide him, the fact that he's being unfairly targeted doesn't provide him with some kind of immunity from having to be competent. He refused to read daily intelligence briefings that were given to him. He not only had no interest in reading the daily summary of these high-level national security intelligence issues, but he wasn't even curious about these issues. So if you want chaos, you want stupidity, you want four more years of doing nothing about the woke brainwashing in the schools, the failure to stop ballot harvesting and fraudulent mail-ins, you know, guess what? Don't worry about it. It's not going to make a difference because Trump can't win. And But as I said, his behavior is so alarming and is so wrong that if somehow he loses the primary to DeSantis, he will tell his moronic base to stay home so Biden can win again. I, I think he can book it. It's going to happen. There's not even a question. Uh, now, I'm trying to figure out why anyone would support Trump ahead of DeSantis. Now, first, you've got high-profile supporters. Some of the higher-profile supporters are grifters like him. They use the Trump MAGA bullshit to sell pillows, to provide coupon codes for the pillows. The world could be under nuclear attack, and Trump's scummy pillow guy team is handing out the coupon code to buy pillows. And then there's like an entire wing of his supporters that want to exploit Trump for money instead of actual working. That's what these people are. They love the grift. They live to grift. They grift to live. Many other low-level fraudsters and grifters see Trump as like the patron saint of grifting. They respect him due to his like audacious desire to steal money without working, and they look up to him. Now, there are others who love the attention and free stuff that Trump you know, casts their way. They get to go to Mar-a-Lago. They get to eat that baked Alaska and the shrimp cocktails. They get to take pictures of Mar-a-Lago and put it on Facebook, telling people they were golfing with Trump or at one of his clubs. These are the small dick energy supporters who need what they believe is an association with a powerful person like Trump to give them some self-esteem. But there are a host of other people, and these are the people that I can relate to a little bit more, who view Trump as an anti-establishment figure. I have two highly intelligent clients who I think view Trump as someone who is being persecuted by the establishment, and they've had criminal cases themselves. And I asked one of them to tune in. I hope he's listening because I respect him greatly. And this is, I had a case with him decades ago. So they relate to the fact that Trump, they believe, is being persecuted by the establishment, which I can understand. They perceive the, the, the harassment that they received by the government to be similar to what Trump has received. And to that extent, they're not wrong. Trump has been unfairly treated by the political and government establishment. And even a criminal like Trump did not deserve to be wiretapped, lied about with Russian disinformation. He didn't deserve 51 leaders in our intelligence community lying publicly about the Hunter Biden laptop being Russian disinformation just days before the election. Trump may be a criminal, but everyone in America has rights, and Trump's rights were trampled upon uh, repeatedly. But all this being true doesn't change the fact that he's largely ineffective. Yes, in part due to the pushback from the establishment. I don't disagree. But mostly due to the fact that he's lazy and he knows nothing, and he consistently and constantly trusts people who hate him due to his own ignorance. You can't deny it. 
He keeps doing interviews with leftist reporters and keep getting creamed by them. And he wonders, how did this happen? He's just too dumb. I mean, frankly, that's like a, a function of stupidity, not because he's some kind of persecuted figure, just because he's dumb. And you see how much more effective DeSantis is. He's spewing out facts and figures without the help of a team of people writing stuff for him. He's not 80 years old and golfing all day. He's working. He's got crazy energy to defeat the far left. Trump doesn't even care to pretend to be running for anything but himself. And he's hardly some kind of anti-establishment figure, Trump, that we should rally around. He's a rich kid who's always been part of the establishment. He goes to galas while you're mowing your lawn. He's had things handed to him, which he even admits because he's a star. I mean, can you imagine thinking this guy's a star? He had gold toilets. This is your anti-establishment guy? Ron DeSantis put himself through Yale and Harvard, and instead of exploiting that golden education, he joined the Navy. And for that, he gets abused by scumbags from Trump to lie about his record and lie about his life. What did Ron DeSantis ever do to suggest he's exploiting his supporters or the country? He's done nothing but serve. And if somehow he wins the primary, and again, I strongly doubt this. I strongly doubt that he's going to win the primary. I hope I'm wrong. Trump will tell his supporters to stay home for the general election, much the way he pushed Charlie Crist in Florida over DeSantis, much the way he pushed Stacey Abrams over the Governor Kemp in Georgia. His petty personal squabbles are more important to him than the fate of this great nation. And I say to Trump supporters, you want to be a part of that? I got nothing more to add. I should not have done this podcast today. I'm too tired, as you can tell. I'm completely out of it. I need a nap. I'm going to take that nap. But I hope you followed what I said. I don't even remember what I said. Thank you for tuning in. You can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, beyondthelegallimit.com. I owe a few emails back. Ami, I owe you one. Who else? Sam, I owe you one. I own a few, a few of friends in California that have been writing to me. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.